Coming up on this week's Outlaw Lawyer, Josh and Joe remote in to discuss the law and how it affects everything around us. And as always, Josh and Joe tackle burning legal questions such as, can the EPA mandate carbon emissions from existing power plants? What is the over-under on the number of pages of the ACC Grant of Rights document holding the conference together? Is North Carolina a race or notice state when it comes to real estate closings? That's all coming up next, right here on The Outlaw Lawyer. And now, Outlaw Lawyer. Welcome into The Outlaw Lawyers. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners at Whitaker & Hamer Law Firm, are your hosts. They're practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. They have offices conveniently located in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. I'm Morgan Patrick. We talk legalese. I'm a consumer advocate. I play referee between Josh and Joe. It's always a very interesting conversation. We have a little fun along the way. So this week, we're going to get into a number of of things. Uh, but first, guys, let's just talk about, hey, uh, I, ha- I saw Josh last week. I haven't seen Joe and it seems like a month, but how are you guys doing? Well, Morgan, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. Glad to be with you. Joseph, you're uh, you're up and around doing good. Hey, yeah, I'm up and around doing all right. Uh, living my life, man. Living for these moments where we get to come together on the radio and talk to each other from a distance. Guys, I, I was, uh, I spent some time, I had the kids last night, uh, wife was at the, uh, they're not the Dixie Chicks anymore, right? I guess they're the Chicks. Yeah, just the Chicks. Are, just the Chicks. I, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like when people change names, even if there's a good reason. I, you're like, if I meet you and you tell me what your name is or your band's name or your firm's name or whatever it is, that's just it. For the rest of my life, that's what, you know, you can tell me it changed. There might be a good reason for changing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not subscribing to your new uh, your new name. But anyway, so it was me and the boys, and I started watching these James Webb Space Telescope pictures just started coming through. I guess it's up and running, and it's reporting back, and they're getting some pics. Mind-blowing. Did you guys see those? I have not seen them yet. I, think I, I saw one blurb on Instagram, <clears throat> but I have not investigated. But uh, it sounds like it's going to be a pretty good uh, watch when I do get to. I haven't seen Dude, it either, Josh. I was busy. Uh, I was busy watching YouTube videos of the chicks in preparation for the the big concert. So what? What stood Did you out? Go to the concert? <laughs> no, man. Come on. No. How, where are they even performing at? I don't know. They were Walnut like Creek. Where? Or you know, they were Walnut really? Creek. Yeah, they were out there. They were out there. Yeah, so speaking of names, that's speaking of names. Though, that's yeah, still Hardy's one, Walnut right? Creek it's for another me. One. Exactly. Yeah. You're right. hundred percent. What I is it? What is that. it now? Uh, sponsor wise is it like coastal federal or something. That sounds yeah, right. Coastal but didn't federal. coastal federal used to sponsor Coco booth too. Like in that, like I get real confused. Obviously it yeah. works, right? It's, it's changed a lot. <laughs> we can't it's remember who creek, sponsors man. the venue. So obviously they spent some good money there. I'll tell the, you what, uh, I, what I, what one reason I would not be there and that's to see the chicks. And even if they were still the Dixie chicks, I, I don't think that's one I'm going to make it to. Ever, I've been to a, a I, I have been to a Dixie Chicks concert uh, in my life. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. I've been to some bad concerts, and it was not uh, it was not that bad. But I was not there last night. I was home with the boys, uh, watching the Holy Moly finale and looking at these uh, these telescope picks. But man, these things are like mind boggling. You know, they just they have this one pick, and you'll see it if you haven't. It's all over the place. But it's just this this small fraction, uh, this small piece of the sky it's like a picture of it. it's just filled with all these galaxies this is like real star warsy star trekish you know it's just all these galaxies 
but like we can't i can't even comprehend the picture when i look at it i was trying to yeah, show you my kids you can't fathom it man you start thinking about the the vastness of space and you know you've got you think about all of these galaxies they have these you know super massive stars that are their suns and then you've got you know countless black holes which you know scientists have said that within each of those there could be you know expanses that are even you know, that we can't even comprehend and you just get into like the infinite nature of you know space and it, it really starts to make your mind kind of fold in on itself man it's very difficult to conceptualize um so final frontier guys small. it's the final frontier yeah. well that's what I, I was just staring at this picture and i kept kind of blowing it up you know and and i think the I don't know if it was the scientist who was who was posting this picture or if it was somebody else's comment but they said this this is comparable to you know the the section of space we're looking at is comparable to uh, like if you were taking a grain of sand and holding it out you know fully your arm fully stretched in front of you that's like the cross section of the sky we're looking at and then you like i i felt like i was a guy from like the 1650s like seeing it you know i just didn't have the capacity to understand what i was looking at but it was you know they had a picture of like a nebula and and it's crazy it's crazy i can't even uh, but anyway i was trying to tell my kids like this is one of the crazy i mean honestly if you think about things that that you've seen as an adult that like moved you like maybe you saw like a really good sunset or the moon was really close or something and you're at the beach you know seeing a picture or a, a scene from nature that like moves you to think about how inconsequential your existence is like this was that picture for me i was like oh my god i've never seen anything like that kids didn't care they looked at it and yeah i was gonna say what'd your kids what'd your kids say <laughs> dad no, they, are you, they, gonna they make, at, are you making me, popcorn dad <laughs> <laughs> they gave me like a courtesy like oh that is interesting i was like how is that not interesting i understand you know if i was like oh so some dad, that is interesting. Yeah. Uh, i just i just pulled up npr uh on instagram and i'm, I'm looking at the picture holy cow yeah, it's not like I was trying to make them watch Raiders of the Lost Ark or, you know, some some movie that I liked as a kid, you know, like I want to hear anyway. more stories about your kids patronizing you. That was fantastic. <laughs> oh, dad, they were, they, were, they were very nice about it. It wasn't their normal, you know, <laughs> They're polite. Very, yeah, they could uh, tell I was very moved by these pictures. But, they know uh, the right way to crush your hopes and dreams. <laughs> they're still mad at me because we Thor's been out for what like five days and we haven't seen it yet so we gotta we gotta get on that you guys seen Thor yet no no I've, se- I've seen Thor I've seen oh Thor. don't don't yeah. spoil it but it looks different yeah I was um oh man you know it was okay it, 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 <laughs> a lot of good ideas a lot of good ideas a lot of good beats there's a good movie in there somewhere a really good one but it just for some reason for me it just wasn't cohesive. It, it it seemed like it, I don't know, man. It's hard for me to pinpoint exactly what didn't do it for me because I like, you know, the collective of ideas, you separate them out. There's a lot of good ones in there, a lot of good characters. Christian Bell's great as the villain. Um, but it's it's like the narrative doesn't, it, it, it's kind of jumbled and it kind of jumps. Or I, it just wasn't, it didn't do it for me. I'm, I, you know, I'm really it glad, bad. Joe, I'm glad you didn't, didn't crush Josh's dreams of Thor. Oh, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it no matter yeah, what. It's worth, it's worth seeing. Like, it's not like you see it and you're just like, yeah, why did I come see this? This, I mean, there's a, there's a purpose to seeing it. It's, it's entertaining. But at the same time, like, I think you'll see what I'm saying, Josh. Like, it missed being really, really good. And I can't say why it missed being really, really good. It's just like... Uh, it just doesn't... The sum of its parts is not as... Is not 
doesn't add up to be as good as like the individual ideas, I guess, is what I'm trying to I say. I was a big comic book kid. I read a bunch of comic books uh, growing up and uh, didn't read them for a while, but the kids, my kid, my boys kind of got into them. So I, that's a good excuse for me to have it. But anyway, read them again. But I follow a lot of comic book uh, artists and, and people you know, who write the stories, writers and stuff. And they, they, they all liked the movie, but they said this is like a 20-year storyline. This is like 20 years of Thor storylines being crammed into one two-hour movie. So that, that might be why it's so disjointed because they were trying to get so much in there maybe. Well, I don't know that that's the – it doesn't seem like it's overstuffed, man. It almost seems like it's understuffed. And so apparently oh. they said uh, – I read that it was originally four hours long. The original cut was a four-hour cut. And so – now I will say this, Joshua – we uh, I went and saw the movie at there's there's a new theater in that uh, Fenton area of uh, Cary, very nice area mm. by the way. Theater got a lot of potential, very new, got a lot of kinks to work out too. So I ordered food and I waited probably thirty five minutes for that food, and I missed eight minutes at the beginning of the movie. That's uh, so important. that could contribute to my sense of it not really coming together. But a lot of great things, man. Russell Crowe. It makes a cameo appearance. He's fantastic. Hey, are you supposed to say that? Is that is that? Yeah, I think that's disclosed. I don't think that's a spoiler. Oh, okay. I didn't say who he was, but I, I think that's been disclosed. I mean, people knew I he was you. in the movie. Josh, come on. All right, just I, mean, I want to throw it out there. The um, and then I'm I'm kind of late to this too. I, this was something else that came up this week. I always think about when we sit down to talk some things that like I went down a rabbit hole on this week. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I went down a rabbit hole on is there's this, uh, there's a Twitter account. You guys might already know about this. I don't know. It might be old and listeners might already know about this. There's a Twitter account that talks about, um, uh, televangelists, right? So it's preachers or, you know, people who are doing stuff for a church and it looks at what they're wearing and their shoes and they tell you what that cost. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm presenting that without comment, just in case the listener is interested in it. I'm not. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, you know. But it's 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 interesting, as I often say. I'm interested in your comment, man. I'm not going to go look, but I definitely want you. To, <laughs> I want you to elaborate on. It. So you're saying these, these folks are wearing some real expensive shoes there? Yes, Doc? that's what he's saying. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, these, you can't, these. How are you going to preach about the Lord if you're not fresh to death on your feet, Joshua? Well, I went down that I went down this rabbit hole in this prosperity gospel. Every now and then, I'll find a Twitter account, or I'll see something in a newspaper, or uh, and I'll go down this rabbit hole. And uh, but yeah, man, these guys got these like three thousand dollars shoes, and they're they're out there, you know, preaching to you about uh, whatever. And and again, whatever your religious affiliation may be, or you know, here we're not here to judge or or take a side. I just found it off putting. Um, you know, and maybe, maybe we kind of already knew that they already, I, I just did, I guess I never put that together and I found this Twitter account and it seems like a pretty seemingly innocent Twitter account, but it, it sent me down a rabbit hole. It gave me a lot of stuff to think about, you know? Well, think I still of, want elaboration, man, but maybe that's a, that's a topic uh, that's for all, another, uh, another, another day. Well, I think I, I get where you're going with this. Yeah. Well, some of the mega churches, um, even in this area, um, the, the main people are getting paid astronomically well. And well, you know, there's a there was a story not too long ago. This just made me think about. It. There was a story. Uh, it was Joel Olstein out where his uh, area is, where his church and his house was. And there were some contractors doing work in his house, and uh, they had to knock down a wall or something. They found like eighty grand 
in, right, the, in, this in the wall. wall. Mm. And and the story was how good of people they were. They found it and they didn't take it, right? They gave it back. They said, hey, we found this $80,000 in your wall. And that was, it was like a feel-good story. But my, I, I was like, why is 80 grand in this wall? You know, that put was, that money in the wall. <laughs> I was like, somebody's asking the right questions. I beating on some walls, man. I didn't know I was looking <laughs> in the wrong place for treasure. But, uh, but um, you ever check out Righteous Gemstones, Josh? Did we, we talk about this. You ever watch I saw the first. I saw the first season. It was very good. I have not ever watched season two, though. Uh, second season is much better, in my opinion. You much better, huh? Yeah, I think it's much better. I, th- I think it came into its own as a show in that second season. That's a good cast. That's a good cast. Um, well, Morgan, Joseph, we've talked uh, a couple of weeks, it seems like, about Supreme Court decisions, mm-hmm. uh, right to privacy, abortion, Second Amendment. And so uh, I didn't want to talk about that this show. I wanted to mix it up a little bit. So there was another really big Supreme Court case that came down in the past couple of weeks that we haven't got a chance to go back to. And that's the West Virginia uh, versus EPA case. And so we'll talk about that today. Last week, I mentioned I wanted to read the ACC grant of rights. That's been in the news lately, the ACC possibly maybe losing a team, mega conferences, that kind of thing. And so a couple of media outlets last week all kind of uploaded, got a copy, um, and it's, uh, it's underwhelming. So we'll talk about that, though. And then we got listener questions. So we got a couple of listener questions at the end of the show today. All right. Well, we got a lot on the program. The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer and practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. They have offices conveniently located Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. If you're facing a legal situation, you've got questions, I've got a phone number for you. 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Just leave your contact information. Briefly, what that call is about an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. You can always email your questions to the show and we'll use them like we are today uh, and we'll answer them for you. Questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. And again, we'll be we'll, we'll change the names to protect the innocent. Questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. And always check out the website, theoutlawlawyer.com. When we come back, we'll talk West Virginia versus the EPA. That's all coming up next on the Outlaw Lawyers. Your hosts are Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. Offices conveniently located for you, Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. If you're facing a legal situation and you have questions, I've got a phone number for you and you can get some answers. 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact info. Briefly what the call's about and an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can email your question to the show as well. Questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. Gentlemen, West Virginia versus the EPA. So, Joe, we talked about this one uh, a, a while back. We talked about this one a while back when they had oral arguments during the session, and the, the opinion came down right on the heels of uh, the the, you know, the the Dodd case, the uh, the abortion case, and and uh, and all the other stuff that was happening. So, we really didn't get a chance to go back to it. Do you remember when we talked about this case? Man, I've got you know I've got that elephant brain. I, I can really <laughs> recall things most of the time, especially when it comes to my favorite my favorite hobby, which is doing the show by a long right. shot. But no, man, I don't. I don't think I recall it. That's not this one of my the, favorite topics. So this is the this is the one. Uh, it was a confusing fact pattern, and we won't go into it. It spans a couple of years. Uh, but but basically, 
we talked about how Congress will delegate authority, right? So Congress has all the authority. Uh, according, to the, according to the Constitution, Congress is the one who makes laws, right? And they, they have this authority and they will delegate it uh, to different agencies, right? So they have delegated uh, in different uh, acts, different laws that they pass. They have delegated authority to do certain things to agencies like the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency. And so the Environmental Protection Agency is tasked with doing certain things, air quality, water quality, but they get all of their power from Congress, right? And, and so there's there's this whole set of cases over the past 100, 200 years. There's all, these, there's all this case law that talks about what an agency can do, how this power can be delegated, used, when does an agency have to go back to Congress for additional powers? Um, and, in, and, and I think, I think a, someone who's smarter than me, maybe a legal scholar would say, until this case, the tradition was kind of interpreting the directives from Congress broadly, right? So you kind of, these agencies become very powerful, uh, and they have a they have a lot of authority. They can penalize people. They can change policy, and and so not to oversimplify, but there was a there was a clean power uh, plan a couple of years back where the EPA wanted to de-emphasize coal, kind of punished coal, wanted to transition to uh, you know fight climate change or what have you, and transition and and it affected a lot of people. So the EPA kind of put this plan into place. That was going to negatively affect coal and fossil fuels. And so there was a big lawsuit, got a lot of interested parties. And the Supreme Court voted six to three in this. Um, and basically, it said the court, uh, anytime an agency does something big and new, uh, the case at hand here was climate change. They were trying to, to stop climate change. Uh, the regulation is presumptively invalid unless Congress has specifically authorized regulating in this sphere. And so obviously air quality is kind of something we understand the EPA has a right to do, but the, the, the aims they were trying to advance was really going to negatively impact whole industries. And the court kind of stepped in and said, Hey, this was a, this was a big change. This is, this is something new that the EPA is trying to do. It's going to affect a lot of people. And basically you got to go back to Congress, uh, for this. So this was, this was kind of a new take on an old issue from the Supreme court. Yeah. You know, I think one thing we can all agree on is there's, there's certain issues that we all have a vested interest in and we should all really care about. And the air that we literally all breathe is, is definitely one of those issues, Josh. I think I can say that with great confidence, but it's, it's an interesting concept because, you know, Congress, obviously they can legislate, they can, they can create laws, um, and there's, you know, I think there is some need in some situations for these, these agencies, you know, to be established that, that do have some level of power to, to, to govern and to assist with some of these things, but it's, it's a matter of degree and it's a matter of how much of that power can be delegated to these agencies. And so, like you said, in this case, uh, in this case, it was ruled that this is essentially an overstepping of that power. And, you know, you see some, you, you see the both sides of the issues, you know, so you see the, the majority, the majority in this case basically sees itself as giving power kind of back to Congress and where they feel it should be, you know, our, this, it should be in the hands of the legislature that the folks who have, have been elected, the representatives to, to dictate these things. Um, and then the minority kind of looks at it as, 
this is the Supreme Court making decisions that really the the EPA that that agency that's been created should be making, and they're kind of you know usurping that power from the EPA that they should validly have. So, you know, this is one of those things where you you see both sides kind of getting getting adamant and passionate about it. I think we get used to certain things, right? So we go about our day-to-day lives and and we don't have too much time to worry about Congress or, or what they're doing. And, um, you know, this came up when we were talking about uh, the Supreme Court's uh, abortion decision that came up. You know, they we talked about how the Supreme Court didn't make abortion illegal. They've just decided it's not the, the legal theory that created the right to abortion is invalid. And so that's what the court did. They said, Hey, there's not really a constitutional right, which is jolting and, and shocking when, when the country has been used to something for 50 years. And then, you know, so I, I get that, but from a legal perspective, you can at least, I, I can understand their logic and, and their reasoning, but everything gets magnified because we've, we've gotten used to our Congress being so right. I think everybody, you ask anybody, no matter what side of the, uh, political spectrum they fall on. Congress is not getting a lot of stuff done, right? I think that's the, the no matter who you are, Congress isn't doing what you want them to do. They have a, they have a hard time passing anything. And I think Congress being dysfunctional is putting a real big highlight on what the president can can do and what the Supreme Court can do because usually all these branches are working together in some fashion, balancing each other out. But when one branch is just not doing anything, um, you know we the government suffers, right? Because Congress could easily just make abortion legal if that's if that's what Congress wanted to do. They can make it legal. They could make it illegal. It's something the federal government could 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 legislate. Uh, and here, the EPA is kind of acting. The EPA kind of you know they get their Congress, they get their congressional uh, power that gets delegated to them, and then they work with the executive branch, and then they kind of work together to make policy. And 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 here, the Supreme Court saying no, Congress should do this, which. It's not a bad decision, I don't think. Sure, Congress—that's that's who we elect, right? That's who, that's our representatives, and and they should be doing it as opposed to what well, the head of the EPA is appointed by the president, right? So that's kind of an executive branch. Uh, but anyway, if Congress wasn't dysfunctional, then I think everybody would be fine. And a lot of the common the comments that I read, the people who looked at this decision negative as as taking power from the EPA was basically like, well, great. Now, if the EPA can't do it, we'll never get anything done because we need Congress to to step in. And that's just not something that is easy these days. The outlaw lawyers tackling again West Virginia versus the EPA. And we have a lot to get to on the program today. So we will continue that discussion. The outlaw lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer. Again, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, the managing partners there, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. If you've got a legal situation that you are facing and you've got questions, I've got a phone number for you where you can get some answers. 800 659 1186. That's 800 659 1186. Leave your contact information, briefly what the call is about. And an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will return your call. You can also email your questions to the program and we'll answer them on a future broadcast. That's questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. Conveniently located offices for you, Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. And please check out the website, theoutlawlawyer.com. We're back right after this. Back 
back on the Outlaw Lawyers. Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, your hosts, are the managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm, practicing attorneys here in the great state of North Carolina. Offices conveniently located for you, Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. And if you've got a legal situation, you've got questions you need answers to, we've got a phone number for you, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. And again, contact information, briefly what the call's about, and an attorney will be in touch with you. And you can always email your questions to the program, and we'll answer those on a future program. Again, questions at the Outlaw Lawyer. We're going to talk about the Atlantic Coast Conference. I tell you what, Morgan, I I know you and Joseph and I we like we like to talk about sports. Yes, it's it's just we are all sports fans. We like to talk about sports, and so when we have a crossover legal sports segment, I'm always very excited because I feel like that plays into our into our wheelhouse, and we don't get to talk about that every day. But we talked about uh, I think last show we talked about the ACC the mega conferences, all the rumors about uh, one one uh, college or university leaving one conference for the other and ESPN. And it's all contracts. Like everything we were talking about, the ACC is formed by a contract. It's held together by a contract, as is the SEC and the Big Ten and the Pac-12. And you've got, you know, contracts for intellectual property and TV rights and that's all sports law is, is contracts on top of contracts on top of contracts. And so when they report on these universities threatening to leave or they're they're reporting on, all right, well, if UNC or NC State or Duke or whoever it is wants to leave, they'll be breaching the, the ACC grant of rights or they'll be breaching uh, ESPN TV deal. And what would the buyout be? And, and this is all contractual negotiation. So this is ripe with the law, this type of topic. But well, you guys, like you guys right have been in our following. wheelhouse, brother. Well, I tell you, it's it's, it's kind of shocking. We knew that um, you know athletics and the money behind athletics and TV contracts was going to cause uh, you know a lot of conferences to add members. But I never thought we'd get to the point where a massive conference like the Atlantic Coast, which has been around since 1953. Uh, is on the verge of possibly just disintegrating. I mean, they're talking about the SEC taking a couple of teams. I won't mention any names, Clemson and Carolina. But, I mean, there are all kinds of options out there for these teams. But to think of the ACC just not being being here or, or even having a conference is just mind-blowing. It is, man. And, you know, it's also, if you just look at the trajectory of college sports in the last, you know, several years, like the landscape has changed so drastically, uh, so quickly that if you, you know, you could go back 10, 15, 20 years and, you know, say you have a time machine, you bring Josh from 15, 20 years ago into the present and it's like college sports are unrecognizable to him. Like you wouldn't even be able to comprehend the way that it has evolved and changed. And some of these things we've been talking about, you, you would, you would think those that was insanity if it was presented to you then. I saw in, in uh, kind of, again, went down a rabbit hole and been reading about this for like two weeks. You know, I saw somebody talk about like the, t- I can't remember what the list was, but it's like the most watch, I guess it'd be like the most watched uh, programs over the past year or whatever. And like 20, I don't remember what it was, but like 20 out of the 25 most watched programs were pro or college football. And so I guess that's everybody's doubling down even harder on, on college football since as a, uh, as a society, we, we, as together, we really only watch sports, right? Everybody else has their own show, the righteous gemstones or, uh, 
you know, old Seinfeld reruns, like whatever you watch, you can just put yourself in this little corner. And so we don't have 71 million people watching the last episode of MASH or what it is. And so all these big ticket items are all football. And so that's where all the money's going. Um, and, you know, we, we've talked about the name and likeness deals and, and you know, just kind of we're in the wild west of college football now. It's just any anything goes. But I, 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 wanted, to, I wanted to do this, guys. Um, so, you know, when you buy a house, mm-hmm. right, I was trying to think of the contracts most people deal with every day. If you're not a lawyer and you're not in, in the business of reviewing contracts and, and drafting contracts, the contracts you deal with on a daily basis. So when you buy your house, you're probably using a pretty standard offer to purchase contract what do you say that's about 12 13 pages joe i'd say uh, 15 including attachments josh all right so that's a 15 page contract and let's say you decide you want to buy chick-fil-a or mcdonald's you want to buy a franchise franchise agreements between 50 and 150 maybe with exhibits but you can get up to about 150 pages on a good franchise agreement um and you know, uh, so I was just kind of using that as a frame of reference. And with that said, how many pages do you think you might have seen it already? I don't know, but how many pages do you think this ACC grant of rights contract would be? I didn't see it. I did not see it, but I did see your notes. So I've got a, I've got a <laughs> leg up on the competition. And Morgan, uh, I, I think I think you would. Yeah, let's see if Morgan Morgan probably saw your notes too. So we're, I think we're we're asking what the thickness of the contract is. Yeah, just just this seems like a pretty important contract to me. And ACC grant of rights, all these universities, millions of dollars counsel. are at stake with this. Right? All right, I'm yeah, gonna, I'm the, the fact that we're talking about the importance and how big it should be, I'm going to go small. I bet it is uh, surprisingly a uh, few pages. It's four pages. Wow, it's, it's a longer document. There's like 15. You know, however many, how many? I don't even know how many teams we have anymore in ACC. But there's 14 or 15 signature pages. Uh, there's four legitimate uh, pages. Uh, it's kind of like a mem- almost a memorandum of understanding is what it's, it's shaped up. But I, I read it. That, and I was man. like, this is, <laughs> this I, is I, it takes all- me back to law school and the, and you had the professors that, that would uh, really push that very simple legal doctrine. You remember that one, Josh kiss. Was that something that was yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. pushed into your brain? That. Keep it simple, stupid. And that's what they're doing here, man. They're keeping it simple. And, uh, why does something need to be 100, 150 pages? You know, I, I, I get some things need to be be that lengthy, but at the same time, like that's one of the things that turns a lot of people off to to the law and attorneys in general. When you get into these crazy verbose and just, you know, you've got all this like flowery verbiage and this this extra wording in there that you could argue is unnecessary. And that's why, you know, there's there's been recently more of a movement towards it's just a plain language movement, kind of simplifying things, and they don't have to be overly complex or complicated. You can you can state things in layman's terms. You can do a four pager, a five pager, um, and and get by with that. And I think we should we should encourage that and and kind of try to move towards that. But yes, that being said, very surprising that this would be as as short as it is. And I've heard, and this so what I saw, I think it got uploaded to the athletic, uh, maybe a local media outlet had it, but it was a draft. It was I guess it was meant for. I guess Wake Forest University, it was a draft that was sent to Wake Forest University. It's unsigned and it was uploaded. And so there may, and there, I'm sure there were addendums signed at different times over the years and, and what have you, but, but it's, it's very clear, right? You're, you're assigning your media rights, whether you're in the ACC or not um, to, to the ACC. And so I, it does make leaving, I guess that was the whole point, right? It does make leaving uh, difficult. 
and I, and I haven't seen, uh, I haven't seen this, this get challenged. You know, the, the pac 10 kind of had one that was coming up. It's kind of timed with TV deals expiring. And so a lot of the movement right now is because these, these were, these were expiring in, in some other conferences, but the ACC's is good through, I think I saw 2036. So it, it, looking at it made me actually feel a little bit better. Cause I think it would take, you know, attorney can come up with a way to challenge a lot of things, right? So this seems like an ironclad agreement, but you know, you can attack consideration, right? You can, there's, there, there's things you can attack and nothing's, nothing's ironclad. Like you do the best you can, but everything can be challenged one way or the other. But I don't know if you've heard any of those arguments for how something like this might be challenged, Joe. Yeah. You know, it's not something I've, it's, it makes me kind of thinking of the ACC breaking up makes me kind of sad, man. And, uh, I do this thing where I just ignore things that make me sad. And uh, so I've been doing that. It's going pretty well. Pretty good life plan, I think, in general. You just ignore the things that, that make you right. upset. And uh, if you do that, man, life is good. Life is easy. You're, there's nothing that could go wrong with that approach. But uh, well, I think the I think the most successful one I've seen is, well, what happens? You know, some people have said, well, maybe there can be a buyout calculated. And if you're getting enough money somewhere else, it would make sense. And mm-hmm. That probably works as we get closer to 2036. But I was like, what would it take, you know, from just from a legal perspective, what would it take now for for the ACC to dissolve? And I think it would take like four to eight teams all deciding to leave, because then at that point, that kind of changes the terms of the deal for everyone. Right. You know, if you get a group of schools who are like, you know, we're out of here, do your worst. You know, what's what's left of the ACC that changes the TV deal that changes what everybody kind of bought into. Hmm. Um, so that, that was the one that made the most sense to me. I saw a couple of people kind of throw that out there as, and, but it'd still be a legal battle. It'd still be expensive, but if the ACC no longer existed, who are you going to, you know, who are you going to pay damages to at that, at that point, you know, but, um, again, I, I'd wanted to look at that. I found it. Um, actually I didn't find it, it kind of hit me over the head. I saw somebody tweeted or shared, so I didn't, I don't want to make it look like I spent all week searching for it diligently, but I did. I came across it and it was, uh, ain't a lot there, man. It's, it's, it is simple and it's, it's doing what it's supposed to do right now. I just, I hope it, uh, keeps it up. You know, the outlaw lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, you can find them managing partners, Whitaker and Hamer law firm. They are practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. They have offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. Each and every week we talk the legalese. You're going to have possibly a legal situation you're facing and you've got some questions. I have a phone number for you. 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information. Briefly what that call is about, and an attorney will return your call and have a conversation. Also, you can send your questions to the program, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We will uh, get to those questions on a future episode. And please check out the website, theoutlawlawyer.com. We've got listener questions when we return right here on The Outlaw Lawyer.
The Outlaw Liars, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, managing partners, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. Offices conveniently located for you, Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. And Josh and Joe, they're practicing attorneys here in the great state of North Carolina. There are legal situations out there facing so many of you. If you have questions about it, we've got a phone number for you, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact info briefly what that call is about, and an attorney will be in touch with you. You can also email your questions to the program. We're about to get into some questions, but go to questions at theoutlawlawyer.com and send us the question, and we'll answer it on a future edition of The Outlaw Lawyer. All right, gentlemen, we have questions. Yeah, we, we've got a couple this week, and one our, our first listener question today is, is kind of piggybacking on a question we had last time we were all together. So, we on a previous show we had a question about how attorneys get paid, uh, and I think that comes up. I've talked to a lot of clients who who may come to us with an issue, and they don't know if this is going to be a contingency type uh, arrangement, something the firm may take, uh, where we collect our fee when and only in if you collect. You know, uh, like we talked about a car accident, a personal injury case, something like that. And then we talked about sometimes attorneys will get paid hourly, right? We'll, we'll have an hourly amount. We'll bill you as we work on your file. And we talked about a breach of contract lawsuit or something like that, kind of being a good example of that. And then we have some things we do for a flat fee, right? We'll just, you'll come in and we'll say you're charged with, uh, you know, driving under the influence, right? You've got a criminal charge and we, we'll talk to you about the facts and what we think needs to happen with your case. And we'll say, Hey, to handle this case, uh, through trial, we'll charge blank. And that'll be a flat fee. So there's all kinds of way attorneys can charge. Every attorney approaches what they charge differently, depending on where they're at, you know, that what their local bar is doing, what, you know, their time's worth. And so there's all these factors that go into what an attorney gets paid from a, from a client. And so we talked about that. And so this is kind of a piggyback on that. I got a, I got a, a question from a caller who basically called the show to say, how do I schedule a time to speak with one of your attorneys. So that was the question. How do I, how do I get to talk to one of the attorneys at Whitaker and Hamer? And the answer to that for this person was you're halfway there. You called us, right? That's, that's the first step. First step is make contact with the firm. And there's all different ways you can do that. Uh, Morgan, what's, what's, what's that number? What's our number? 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. And so when you call that, that line is uh, not, there's not anybody answering that line every day. That, that is a line for you to, to leave us a message, leave the show a message, letting us know your name, a good way to reach back out to you and, and kind of what's going on. And then one of our paralegals or attorneys uh, will reach back out to you to try to try to figure out if that's something we might be able to help you with. And if it is, uh, we'll get you scheduled for, for a consult. We'll get you scheduled for the kind of the next step. And so, uh, that's the easiest way is just to call us, you know, um, and then there's all kinds of ways we meet with people, Joe, you know, we have, we have offices kind of um, spaced out here across uh, central North Carolina, we got more offices opening up this year. So we'll have some, some news for folks uh, as we as we continue the show. But uh, that's one way we meet with people, right, Joe, we just meet with people in the office, just have you come to whatever office is closest to you. That's right, Josh. You know, the traditional uh, the traditional way that you think of of attorneys and clients meeting, at least in the in the past, was like you said, just a physical come on into the office, sit down, get cozy. We'll talk in person. And that's 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 absolutely something that we still offer. We've got 
several locations, like you said, with some additional locations that that are opening up soon that we'll, we'll be able to announce here that we're pretty excited about. But one of our goals as a firm is really just to to offer convenience to folks. So if you want to have a consult in, in, in one of our several offices or if you want to have a closing in one of our several offices, we offer many locations for that purpose to make it easier for you, the client, to, to get in touch with us, to get into the office. Um, but we're also forward thinking, Josh. We're also a forward thinking progressive law firm and and we we want to we try to bring things into the future and and again add convenience for our clients. So one of the things we've been doing here lately uh, frequently, and this is something that a lot of folks are doing, so it's not necessarily a novel approach, especially post COVID nineteen. But we've been doing uh, we've been offering and doing a lot of Zoom consults, a lot of virtual consults, uh, and then just a lot of phone consults as well. So it's all about convenience and offering you multiple options and opportunities to get in touch and speak to us. And so we, we try to really give you a lot of different options to, for what's easiest and most convenient for you to fit into your schedule as a client to get in touch with us. Yeah. When you, when you talk to us to schedule a time to sit down, I'm, I'm kind of old fashioned. I, uh, I'm a big, I like to sit down with folks. I, I still like to shake hands, even though I know the pandemic kind of, kind of ruined that for us a little bit, but, uh, I like to meet people in person, but I also do phone consults and, and then of course Zoom. Everybody does Zoom now. So we're we're always happy to do that. We had to set up a couple of conference rooms to to make us able to to do that. And that's so convenient uh for folks. Uh but but definitely a lot of ways to to get in touch with us. You know, we've we've got email, we've got we've got the phone number that Morgan uh gives you. Uh but once you reach out, we're gonna reach back out to you and and again try to figure out you know, if we can help you and if we can help you getting, getting you to sit down with the right person in the firm, cause we're, you know, we're, we, we got over nine, we got nine attorneys that work with us about 40 staff. And so once we, once we get your call, once we figure out who you are and what's going on, we got to get you to the right person here at the firm that can help you. But, but yeah, just reaching out and, and making contacts always the first step. And we try to get back out to you just as soon as we can. But that's, uh, I think that would be the answer for how do I schedule a time to speak with one of your attorneys? How do I set up a consult? And the, the quick answer is you just you just call us and we'll reach back out to you and get you set up. Well, it's about getting information. Uh, don't procrastinate. Uh, if you've got questions about a situation that you're facing, here's an opportunity to get some answers. Again, the number is 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information, briefly what the call's about. And again, that will be, you know, an automated answer. Uh, you leave your information and an attorney will return that call uh, as quickly as they can. Uh, and you can always email your questions to the show and we'll use them on future broadcasts, changing the name to protect you guys, but questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. That's questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We've got more listener questions. We'll get into those as we move through the program. You're listening to The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, your hosts. They're the managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. Again, offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Farina, and Gastonia. And we talk legalese each and every week here on the program. And if you've got questions, you know the number, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact info and we will be in touch. An attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will give you a call. Questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. You can do that by email as well. We'll be back right after this.
Welcome back into the Outlaw Lawyers. Your hosts, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, the managing partners at Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. Offices located Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. They are practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. We talk legalese each and every week. We have some fun, but we also get very serious with the topics. Uh, a lot of questions when it comes to uh, the legal side of things, and you may be facing something. Uh, you may have some questions about what you're going through. Good way to get answers is to call Whitaker and Hamer. You can call this 800 number, 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact information. It'll be an automated answer for you, but leave your information, uh, briefly what the call is about. An attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And as we always say, you can always send your questions to the program and we will answer them on future shows. Questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. All right, we have another listener question. We'll get to that and some odds and ends, but this is The Outlaw Lawyers. Josh and Joe, take it away. So, Morgan, our next listener question, I, when I when we got this question, I wondered if, um, you know, most of the time we get questions about, like, individual, like, I have this problem or I encountered this, car accident, closing, need a will. So this question came in, and I think it's secretly a law professor, maybe one of our old real property professors asking this question. But uh, here's the question. What is the difference between a race state and a notice state with respect to real estate closings? And so this isn't a normal question you get. So I'm assuming this is someone in the real estate industry or, or a, uh, a law professor trying to throw us some curveballs on our, our nice show here. But, um, you know, we've got a lot of people moving in. One of the good things about being in North Carolina right now is that uh, a lot of people want to move here, right? We got a lot of businesses coming in. This is all good stuff. So we get a lot of folks from New York and California and Florida and Texas and some of these states, um, you know, we're not we don't have the same opinion, just like every state doesn't have the same opinion on marijuana laws or, or abortion. A lot of states have different ideas about uh, how a real estate closing should go. Right. So when you buy your house or you refinance, um, they have different laws that govern how we do our title searches and, and who has to be involved. And so closing is different in a lot of states, right? So we'll have people who had a house in New York, sold it, moved down here, bought a house. And I find it interesting. It's probably not interesting to everybody, but I find it interesting just talking to them about their closing process, uh, it, how it went in New York, as opposed to how it's going here in North Carolina. And so we do get in this conversation from time to time because not every state's the same. And so you got two, two kinds of states, uh, a race state and a notice state when it comes to, uh, to real estate. Um, you know, I was just up in New York, uh, not a, I wouldn't say it's a vacation, but I was up in New York for, for a wedding. Um, and so there was a lot of stuff going on. It was interesting to read the news up there. Um, you guys, have y'all been on vacation yet this summer? Uh, have not. I mean, I've done little short trips up to the mountains to see the folks. Uh, we have not been to the beach. We're actually going to go, uh, we're going to go to the coast a week after Labor Day and uh, try to enjoy what we hope is going to be pretty much an empty beach. But that's 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 the uh, extent of our, uh, right now, our current vacation plans. What about you? Uh, what about you, Joe? You know, I uh, no traditional vacation this year. I was gonna, I'm trying something new. It's a new thing. It's um, Stay home. Instead of doing like a, <laughs> a relaxing vacation, I, I'm trying this thing where I just don't, and I just work <laughs> extremely hard, uh, harder than ever, mm. until... Um, I pass out and sleep for a long period of time. That's my so no, no vacation scheduled and planned. Um, I don't even know what really happened, man. It's just didn't did not get one on the books and uh, just plugging away 
every day. And, and that's kind of like a vacation to me, having the, the ability to come into work and, and work really hard. Yeah, the va- vacation away from the family. I know how that is. I mean, it gets so crazy at the house. Actually, a, ah, a, respite, a, a respite is heading to the office. Well, you said you went to a wedding. Uh, Josh, I've got a question for you. You're there, you're enjoying yourself. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're happy for the couple. What song at the reception comes on that gets you on the dance floor? (laughs) And Joe, you can, you you can throw out your answer too, but I want to hear from Josh. Uh, what song is it? Well, Morgan, I, this may come as a, as a shock to you, but I do not dance. Uh, <laughs> well, so that doesn't know. mean a thing. You get to a wedding, you have a few toddies, you get out there. Yeah. So when I go to for, a, you, you answer this first, Josh, you, you, please. All right. well, so, so when I go to a wedding, my whole goal is I try to get away from the wedding. Even if I'm happy to be there, I'm happy for the couple. I'm happy to see everybody. <laughs> Here's your gift. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> my, my goal is to find a room or a section that nobody really is in where I can kind of hide. And so the, the last wedding that we went to was a great wedding. It was good to see everybody. Uh, I was not around for much of the the dancing because I found a there was kind of a back room that kind of opened up into this patio, and I got a group of guys there and we smoked cigars for like three hours. So I will say it was one of the best weddings I've ever been to, but it's because I did not really dance. <laughs> I wasn't really. I love that, man. I love that your approach. To, to go into a wedding is to immediately find an exit or to find a place where you can hide and not interact with anybody that you don't want to. You <laughs> smoke cigars for three it's hours. Admirable. Could you walk after it, that session? Good grief. That's was, a lot it, of cigar smoking. It was, it, it was a lot. I, I will tell you, um, you know, me and my wife, our, our wedding song was, um, oh man. Uh, you guys tell me what your wedding songs were real quick. And I'll figure out that's why. A, why are you going to do this to me on air, man? That's not, I want to. I want to. This is a, We're talking about songs that get you moving to the dance floor, and if they play, oh you know, they, yeah, this is yeah. the thing about my wedding. You know, I was in. I was intoxicated by the time the music came on, and I don't remember. I don't remember a whole lot. I remember somebody taking their shirt off and and doing a, a Pete Pablo, twisting around their head like a helicopter at one point. But uh, you know, I don't. I don't dance either. I think I danced at my wedding, but again, that was. Uh, I had a lot of liquid courage going at that point, but. The, the song that would get me on the dance floor at a wedding would be the literal voice of God coming down from the heavens and telling me that or if I didn't dance, that the world if, was going to end. Yeah, if Pitbull yeah. came out and said, or Pitbull, yeah. Joe Hamer. Anyway, the, the song I danced to at my wedding back in 1995 was uh, I Can't Help Falling in Love with You, Elvis. Oh, well, that's a good. One. I thought you were talking it, about dance, like break dancing. I didn't no, know he asked me. Josh dancing. said, "What song did you dance to at your wedding?" And I'm assuming that would be the the you know the the groom and the bride. And yeah, that's the. Song. I danced to all of them. That's my answer. Every all we of the had songs. one song, Joe, where you went out with your wife, just the two of you. You had the floor to yourself, and then halfway through, you you kind of wave on uh, the bridal party, and they come and dance with you. But yeah, what did really you what hot. did you what did you dance? It was really to? hot, man. It was really hot. I think I had a heat stroke, and I think that's blocking <laughs> part of my brain right now. But uh, I tell yes. you, one of the songs I do really dig if it comes on at a wedding, and and I won't dance, but uh. I might clap my hands three or four times and nod <laughs> my head at the people dancing. And that's the, uh, that's the old uh, classic, let me clear my throat. Oh, yeah, cool. yeah. I, I only will approve of the version that has Bismarck Key in it, right? There's a version that yeah. doesn't have Bismarck Key, and there's a I'm version that has Bismarck. That, God rest I'm his soul. That he can't be in it. Yeah. 
no there every wedding i've been to i don't i don't and it'd be easier it'd be easier if i just dance right like i wish i was that guy who could just dance you know baby what's stopping baby you man what is stopping you i honestly i think it would add a lot to your personality and i think it would be a good thing for the law not know, only man, the law I'm, firm and the show but the world in general <laughs> i am uh i'm setting my ways man so it's like but though the you know my wife will get mad at me and eventually they'll do that thing. Well, I've where seen that happen firsthand. I can, I can <laughs> attest. That they'll put, they'll finally ask people to put in the songs they want to dance to, right? And so these people will put in their wedding songs and stuff. They play the wedding song that we got. You know, I have to get up and <sighs> sway or whatever it is that I. Can, That's why you. Can do you remember what the song if you was? Forget it. You can't. <laughs> you forget the song. Yeah, it was, how can it you was, dance to it? Yeah. So we. I'm in love by Wilson Pickett. That was our. That oh, was I like that one. song. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a good. Like, well, I've met. Your wife gets mad at me when you don't dance at things. How does that even work? <laughs> I was going to say, for the record, uh, here on the Outlaw Lawyer, I have met both of the better halves, and you guys did extremely well. Well, that's good. <laughs> I we try. It. I tried very hard. The uh, hey, we're supposed to be answering a listener question. So, well, did we even listener, get to the listener question? I think I said it. Yeah, you did it say it. We haven't answered it yet. So race notice, a race state, a notice state as to real estate closing. So I'll tell you, North Carolina is what we call a race state. And so our recording statute is basically the first one to record at the courthouse wins, right? So if you have a dishonest seller and they're trying to, they're trying to sell you, you property and sell another guy property, um, they're going to be liable for some damages and then possibly a crime. But technically the first person that gets down there and records their deed at the courthouse, once it's on record, a race to the courthouse and that's who wins between two uh, third-party purchases for value usually you know and so that's kind of why we call it a, a race state and a notice state still has uh kind of the same requirement that things get recorded but you can be you can have constructive or actual notice of of something else happening in the chain of title that can be used so that even though you may be the first one to get your deed on record at the courthouse you still may not prevail in a notice state and that's why a lot of times in movies You'll see where people have a house in escrow for like four weeks and but it but it not necessarily hasn't recorded. And, you know, so it's different in every state. But North Carolina, you come to closing and then your closing attorney, uh, preferably Whitaker and Hamer, gets everything ready and gets everything recorded at the courthouse as quick as we can. Updates are searched to make sure nothing's happened in the interim because that's how you get good title. All right, guys, another great show in the books. The Outlaw Lawyers, Josh Whitaker and Joe Hamer, Whitaker and Hamer Law Firm. They're the managing partners there, practicing attorneys here in North Carolina. They have offices in Raleigh, Garner, Clayton, Goldsboro, Fuquay, Verena, and Gastonia. And if you are facing a legal situation, you have questions, call the number 800-659-1186. That's 800-659-1186. Leave your contact info and briefly what that call is about. And an attorney with Whitaker and Hamer will be in touch. And you can always email your questions to the program, questions at theoutlawlawyer.com. We're back next week right here on the radio. hosted by an attorney licensed to practice law in North Carolina. Some of the guests appearing on the show may be licensed North Carolina attorneys. Discussion of this show is meant to be general in nature and in no way should the discussion be interpreted as legal advice. Legal advice can only be rendered once an attorney licensed in the state in which you live had the opportunity to discuss the facts of your case with you. The attorneys appearing on the show are speaking in generalities about the law in North Carolina and how these laws affect the average North Carolinian. If you have any questions about the content of the show, contact us directly.